You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are the Joes, Will Greenwood, Ryan Livergood, and Jake Patterson. Let's cock-a-doodle-doo this, gentlemen. Hey, we're at, that's right with the Fantasy Joes. It's Ryan with Jake and Will, as always. Guys, we're going to jump right into it tonight because this is a big show. This is our look ahead what we project um, will happen with 2022 ADP for the quarterback position. You know at heart, listeners, that we are a Superflex Dynasty podcast, and the quarterback's where it's at. So I can't wait to talk about this. We talked about a little bit on the Patreon show how tough it was for us to do these rankings because, Jake, as you said, the quarterback position in the NFL and in, in fantasy and Dynasty is looks really good right now overall, right? Might be the best it's ever been, right? Uh, we were talking on the Patreon show how Daniel Jones, after his rookie year, was QB 12. Uh, Will mentioned how Blake Bortles was a QB 1 at one point. And I think, like, Baker I think Mayfield is QB 1? Okay, Baker Mayfield super talented. But I think the other guys were, I think it was almost obvious at the time where that was an obvious over rank, where this time, it's hard to overrank anybody. Like I'm trying to get 16 guys in the top 12 because I think they're all like worth it. So I feel like there's values um, after the QB one range. Yeah. And Ryan, I think we got to pat ourselves on the back for guessing who is going to be. So last year during this exercise, we both put Patrick Mahomes as the projected number one quarterback. In the That's NFL. right. Somehow right. Got that correct. I, I mean, I don't know how that happened. Uh, we each had, or you had five QBs that were one spot away. I had three. Uh, we, you had two that were up to four away, and I had four. And then we each had four. You had four misses. I had three. But if you take out Deshaun Watson, that's three and two. Uh, I think the big ones to kind of focus or to like look at quickly are when you were you were basically back on Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I was I was right on. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, and Joe Burrow. Uh, the within in the other misses that we had were years were Wentz, Goff, and Tua, and mine were Tua and a dart throw at Baker Mayfield having a return to brilliance based on him being QB five in twenty nineteen. But anyway, excuse, excuse so, me. Um, you guys both had a massive miss in Josh Allen. Well, it's, just, it's the miss, it's the misses and the picks that we had in here. So it's because since we only rank twelve, you can only go on by what you put in here. So yeah, well, Josh Allen is now QB two. So to not rank him at all would be a massive miss, no. But it's it's like who's in the rankings and where they are now. Like saying it's a miss is saying this is what we said last year, and so yeah, we both missed on Josh Allen. But that's if you went back and listened to the podcast and look at those ranks, you would see where we missed and why. And, and hey, Jake, I'll be the first to fess up. We we definitely missed on Josh Allen, but I, I think a lot of people did in the uh, dynasty community. Um, oh, you were right on Josh Allen, Jake. No, no, hands up. I was like, I was dead wrong. I was. Oh, okay. On okay. The, I was a hundred percent in the camp of Josh Allen sucks at football. Like, just he had, yeah. he was the least accurate um, quarterback I, in the league, pretty much. And then all of a sudden, year three, he was one of the most. It was like an absolute revelation. I'm sure we'll talk about it when we talk about our Josh Allen rank for our projection for 2022. Yeah, yeah. He, he he jumped up over a hundred a hundred passing attempts. You know, his completion percentage jumped up over ten, almost it was like eleven point four percent. 
which is just, or sorry, 10.4%, which is just almost, I feel like unheard of, you know, touchdowns went from 20 to 37 in passing. Uh, it's the, the leap we saw in Josh, Josh Allen, even if you were the biggest Josh Allen fan, you couldn't have expected the season that he had last year. Uh, he did throw one more interception in 2020 than 2019, if I'm just going to read off the stats. But that, that kind of jump was, one, it's super fun. I'm super happy for Josh Allen and getting that big contract and that it added to, you know, those are the type of players that will now take more risks on in the future because of what Josh Allen has done. And I, I, anything like that, anything like this that happens, I love about Dynasty. Yeah, um, we, we could talk about who could, could be Josh Allen of, of – um you know, of this year, if, if there is one, we can, we can maybe throw that out at the end as a little teaser, but let's just get into the ranks. We can just kind of skip over number one. We're all Patrick Mahomes. I don't think that's a shock or surprise. There's no reason to even talk about it. I mean, for all kinds of reasons, it, Patrick Mahomes just makes the most sense at number one. If you guys want to add anything, feel free, but we can probably move on to number two. I don't think you could possibly overpay for Patrick Mahomes in dynasty, especially in a super flex. Yeah. I mean, he's just, it's just rock solid. It's just, um, it, yeah, just a safe choice. Just, yeah, it's just Patrick Mahomes. Let's, let's just move on. We don't think we need to even debate it. Um, but, but this is where it gets interesting because we are all, I mean, same, same names here, generally speaking, but, but we're all a little bit different with our, our number two. So, um, let's see, let's, let's go with kind of boring first. So, the July DFL ADP. I should have read. Were the, should I read those names to, to give context to, to you know? So what what's going on right now? We should have done that. So Patrick Mahomes is one. Josh Allen two. Lamar Jackson three. Kyler Murray four. Justin Herbert five. Dak six. Lawrence seventh. Russell Wilson eight. Joe Burrow nine. Trey Lance ten. Justin Fields eleven. And then Jalen Hurts number twelve. And Deshaun Watson looks like he falls right outside of that that line. So. Um, I guess I'm closest to, to right now. So I guess I'll just say mine and, and Lamar Jackson and simply put, I just think Lamar Jackson is going to have a monster year. I, I just think unless he gets injured with his rushing ability, which is second to none, I'm in the quarterback position. You know, I, th- I think it's just easy for him to jump back up to that number two spot. Um, I, I just think he has tremendous upside and, and yeah. So I, I think that, you know, for me, it's kind of boring. It's not as fun to talk about, but I, since I see Lamar Jackson having a, a monster year, I, I just see him sort of find the number two spot. That was my, that was my rationale. It's just that simple. So where, where do you, where do you guys have, have Lamar? Let's see who's Will. you're, you're pretty much there with me. I mean, you've got him at number three where Jake, you've got Lamar at number eight. Oh, so. I, I guess I won't give my talking points, Brian. Oh, he froze up so I can no, go. go. Here we go. go. Uh, uh so one lamar jackson at three does give me pause first of all because these battles with covid during the off season and the way they're going in the season has me more worried than i would like to be and i i could i could move him down i actually thought about doing this uh of moving him down below uh the the next two that i have on my list maybe like number five but at the end of the day uh you see with the ravens they've added another first round investment at wide receiver uh, even I mean, they brought in Sammy Watkins, they're at least trying to give him more weapons to throw to Sammy Watkins is kind of like, Hey, he's been great, but in the past, maybe he'll be great again. And he never will be. But at, at the end, at the end of the day, 
Uh, their offensive line, they did lose. I, I like their offensive line and what they can do. They did lose a, a, a starter in Orlando Brown, but they get Ronnie Staley back, which is which is huge for his rushing upside and his pass protection. And they added a couple of vets like Charlie Vitt, or one of the Villanuevas or Charlie Vitt, Villanueva. And uh, was it uh, anyway, one other person who they're just like vets who can be people who maybe that maybe that line can come together earlier on in the season. Anyway, that's like the upside side of it. He hasn't. So with Lamar as a rushing quarterback, one of the big things for me is he hasn't really been injured yet. You know, like he hasn't taken a lot of lower body injuries. He's had that surgery. Uh, he did have to, you know, he had a concussion in the playoffs, but overall his injury history isn't, isn't great. or isn't, uh, it's, it's just not there. So I, that's really important to me with Lamar's future value. And so since he's, let's just project a little bit of a, an uptick in passing uh, year over year coming to this season and two years in a row, he's rushed over a thousand yards and seven touchdowns. I think that Lamar has the opportunity to be a rock solid, you know, the quarterback to overall, but it just gives me a little bit of pause because of the other things that are going on with Jackson. Yeah, no, um, Jackson at two completely makes sense. Um, he has MVP potential. You saw it two years ago when he was the MVP. Um, the Ravens have kind of pointed towards um, a change in philosophy at least slightly in past game, we're trying to get him more weapons that like you alluded to. Um, and again, like you said, well, so my ranking on Lamar being number eight, um, isn't anything, isn't a testament to his ceiling. I think his upside, like I said, MVP potential, but I think he has more risk than a lot of the guys that have ahead of him. Um, you mentioned it with COVID for the second time. Um, Marquise Brown's injury looks more serious than would have hoped. Um, and then Rashad Bateman is now hurt. So obviously people expect a lot out of Rashad Bateman. Um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of him. So I think he's going to be like legit, which is a massive help to Lamar Jackson, just like Diggs was a massive help to Josh Allen. Um, but I think there's still risk in like just Lamar Jackson's how good he is as a passer. Um, we all saw him at that one pro bowl where he's, like struggling to hit those targets. Um, I don't think that's a testament to how a Q- QB is going to play on Sunday. And I think you can definitely win regardless of how, like, I think Lamar can win a, can win a Super Bowl without being the most accurate QB in the league. Um, but I just think that there, that risk is reason for me to move him down below some, some other guys on the list. And you'll, I can ration that when I'm talking about why I love the guys ahead of him so much. It's not a testament to Lamar at all. Um, Cause hell I can ease. Would it, it surprise me at all if he is DLF ADP QB two next year, like not in the slightest. Yeah. And that, that's a part of it too, is his, his rushing upside is so tantalizing as a fantasy drafter. And if he has another great season on the ground is providing that even if he has a similar year to what he had last year, but maybe a, a slightly better, you know, he had more more big time plays or made a few like great reads that you can really hang your hat on. It's a, I think that maybe his, yeah. So again, projecting ADP, he's like, he's just, he'll be one of those players that you don't want to pass on because you know what he can provide for your fantasy team year over year. And yeah, that'll, I don't think that'll go away this season. That's why I kept him at three. I got him at yeah. two. Yeah. And I don't think, that, wrong, I don't think you're wrong at seven because it's, you know, if, if, if it doesn't improve, uh, or if let's say these rushing stats fall off to 800 yards and seven touchdowns, that's going to put them behind some of these guys. Yeah. Or maybe, let's say 800 and like, 
four touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, and he makes me nervous too. I mean, remember we're talking about what we think, you know, 2022 ADP looks like not necessarily our rankings. I don't, he's not my number two QB, but I, I just, I don't know if he's healthy. I think he has a, a monster fantasy year and I think that elevates him to number two, but you're right, Jake. I think everything you say about him, there's some risk there with, with him, right? He's definitely not the best pass in the world. So it'll be interesting to see where, where it plays out. So um, Jake, let's go with um, who you've got at number two next, which is Kyler Murray. Um, and Kyler Murray is number four right now in ADP. So not, not a terribly, you know, a strong departure. In fact, in fact, he, obviously he rises in your rankings. So um, you want to, you want to touch on Kyler Murray? Yeah. Um, so I think Kyler is, very similar to Lamar in the sense that he's probably one of the best rushers in the league. Um, if Lamar is number one, I'd probably rank Kyler number two. Um, he had 800 plus rushing yards last year. Um, I'm not going to generally project an improvement, but Hey, I would sign me up again for 800 plus yards on the ground out of my quarterback. Um, Arizona is a super pat, uh, run heavy and pass heavy team. I just mean the plays per game is what I meant to say. Um, they were number three last year, and I almost expect that to improve. The second that Cliff became their coach, they had talked about four wide receiver sets, um, just pace per play, pace, yeah, pace per play, just trying to get as many plays as possible per game, right? And I think that's super valuable in fantasy. Um, more, more plays equals more chances to get fantasy points, right? Like it's not rocket science there. Um, and I think the difference between him and I think that's a major difference between him and Lamar, where Lamar, when they're a major running game and they're focusing on their defense, they're trying to slow down the game where Kyler, they're trying to get, get the ball in his hands like as much as possible. Um, I mentioned that they were number three in plays per game last year. They, Kyler was number three in run attempts for quarterbacks and he was number seven as pass attempts. So it's just alluding to his volume um, where I just think it is elite of the elite. And I think his talent is like, tremendous um similar to Mar Lamar he's he's a cheat code on the ground and I just think his accuracy is like far like far better so I think the um his ceiling is huge and I think the addition to Rondell Moore is going to be a major asset to him as well and if AJ Green can have any kind of resurgence wheels up for Lamar or for Kyler sorry yeah, that's one thing they have in Arizona that they haven't that Kingsbury hasn't had is that, that the you know four wide receivers you know that I mean I think AJ Green will at least be serviceable maybe not for fantasy but I think he'll allow them to do some things in the offense that they 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 wanted to do for a couple of years now that just haven't had the personnel to do it so uh, Will you you and I have Kyler Murray at, at number four so we basically have him staying the same in, in rankings. Um, uh, he's definitely a guy I, I considered higher. I mean, that th- this is tough for me. Like the first, really the first four guys I, I, you know, well, Mahomes and the next three guys for me are real close, but um, what, what, what are your, you want to add anything about Keller Murray? Yeah. So one thing outside of uh, that, you know, how Arizona's built and everything like that, I love, actually love the addition of AJ green, another great veteran receiver to be there with Kyler. Like, Jander Hopkins and, and AJ Green are going to teach Kyler Murray still a lot of things about being a great NFL quarterback. Uh, a, a stat that I think is very, very important to Kyler Murray is his his sacks dropped from his rookie season. He, so he was sacked 48 times his rookie season, and that dropped to 27 in his sophomore season, which I actually think is pretty massive. Uh, he has only hit 26 passing touchdowns so far, 
And I think we could see a rise in that with how they've invested in the wide receiver core, how they're going as an offense and how comfortable he can be uh, in, in the game as, as sorry, how comfortable he can be leading the offense with the weapons that they have now. I think 26 passing touchdowns is not going to be, that's not going to be his average moving forward. That could go up really quickly. We saw in Lamar's MVP season that he had 36. I could see the marketing there or Kyler getting there. He does have 1K, you know, 1,000 plus rushing upside. I don't see him getting or ever hitting again the 11 rushing touchdowns he had last season because hopefully they get better as a rushing team and he doesn't need to take those risks uh, and put his body on the line because he honestly is not big enough to do that. Uh, and it, you saw it last year when he would shy away from contact after he banged up his shoulder, everything about that. But in general, I believe Arizona is going to be a much better team this year and he will have to take less risks with his body and he'll be more comfortable in what they're doing. So I, before we even started the podcast, I thought about flipping Kyler and Lamar when we look at projected ADP for next season, but uh, I'm, I'm going to keep it as is for now. But I think, I think Kyler Murray just has a huge, a, you know, huge ceiling. And again, that like sack stat, you, when you see an improvement like that, that's an intelligent stat to me and he's getting better. So uh, yeah, Kyler Murray is great. I don't, have really much to add so let's move on will to your number two qb according to 2022 uh adp because it's an interesting name and, and i don't disagree with this name that you have on here but it's uh but it's interesting so what what is it who's your number two yeah my number two is trevor lawrence uh i, I mean what like trevor lawrence is, is just uh, an impeccable quarterback prospect the biggest thing you'll see and i've seen on all of his draft profiles and what you've seen on the, on the field at Clemson is that he has incredibly fast processing speed. One that I, I believe will translate smoothly to the NFL, like, like the NFL game pretty easily. He had elite passing grades on all levels of the field. Uh, he has all the physical tools you want a quarter in a QB. And, you know, even like PFF, as I was looking you know, through all this, I uh, had him projected for 282 rushing yards as a rookie. Uh, give me the over on that pretty easily. He's been successful at the highest level and he's super young. He's coming out as a true, you know, came out as a true junior. So when he starts, to, when he shows his upside in this upcoming season uh, paired with what we'll see with him on the field, he is going to be, you know, he's, I don't know, he's like the way Andrew Luck will rise up the boards after his rookie year. So I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a very, very coveted asset because he gives you a great passer a uh, person who doesn't make big mistakes and gets you dinged in the interception, like the interception game, then also has a rushing floor that's going to provide massive, massive fantasy upside. And all, like all that paired, even if it's the last eight weeks of the season that he, you know, really kind of tees off, that his profile will boost him up to ADP number two next season. That's why I'm projecting this. Yeah. You know, I, I look at my list and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm the lowest on him and I have him at 11, which I don't think is awful, but, but basically that's slipping his current value. And I, I, I need to, th that's why I struggle with this exercise because I don't really see him slipping, but then I don't see these other guys either not slipping or, or rising. So, so he was tough, but at, at the, I, I think I'm too low on him. Well, because at the end of the day, you're, you're right. Like he is, like he's the, I think the best QB prospect since, you know, Andrew Luck and in, in terms of, you know, NFL quarterbacks and he's, he's the full, it seems to be the full package. I guess we don't know. There's always a best risk with all these guys, but I don't, I don't think so with, with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, we've, we've seen him do it on the, you know, in, in college, you know, um, 
leading his team to the national championship and against the, the greatest teams in college football. And yeah, he, he, and, and this, it's interesting because I feel like in this rookie class and, and other, other, we've talked about this before, other people have talked about it, but you know, you know, like it's almost like, oh, Trevor Lawrence, I guess, is the, the 101 and super flex and kind of ho hum, but we forget how talented this guy is. And maybe it's because he's not like, Trey Lance or Justin Fields with necessarily the same rushing upside that they have. Although I, th- I think you're right. You say he has, cons- you know, d- decent rushing upside, but I don't know what it is, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's a little bold to have him at number two, but I don't think it's crazy. He certainly has the the skill set to get there. So, um, but yeah, I've got him at 11, which is probably too low. Uh, Jake, you're, you're higher than me. You're kind of, you kind of meet us in the middle at number seven. So what are your thoughts on, on Lawrence? Um, can you see him rising to, to number two? Um, it's hard to say too many negatives on Lawrence. Um, obviously, a generational talent. Um, we've said it before. Um, the thing that scares me about him is just how poor, like how bad the Jaguars are um, overall. They were one in fifteen last year. They've obviously made some like big improvements this offseason. Um, so it's just going to be. We're going to have to see as like a fantasy community just how big of an improvement Trevor Lawrence will like make on that team. And we're talking at this point next year. So it's not going to surprise me in the slightest that they're going to double down with Trevor Lawrence and they're going to add more talent around them with um, they're I assume they're going to have another high draft pick and probably lots of cap space and they're going to be more desirable. Um, I don't think there is a state tax in Jacksonville and they're going to be more desirable just because they have Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. So I see them being a lot better heading into 2022 than 2021, but it's also going to be very hard for Trevor Lawrence to show his like true potential on a team like Jacksonville. And I think um, their coaching staff, I think there's obviously question marks with Urban Meyer um, and his philosophies. He's, he's won many times. In, well, I, he's won in college. Um, can he do it in NFL? It's still up, up, up for debate. Um, but if the, if Trevor Lawrence is talented, is definitely not up for debate. So the the big thing with that that I will disagree with heavily is the Arizona Cardinals were absolutely terrible before they drafted Kyler Murray, and he came in and he you know he produced as a rookie in that offense with Clint, Cliff Kingsbury, who is a much less successful coach at the college level than Urban Meyer is, and it's not even it's not even close. It's such a far 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 thing away to say that. Uh, Kingsbury is a better coach than Urban Meyer, or, you know, they said they're even close to each other. So Kyler Murray came in producing his rookie season is, and after his rookie season, he was a top four dynasty QB and Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback prospect. and was a, like a better college quarterback than what Kyler Murray was. So I, I get that the risks are there. Uh, and with the Jacksonville turnaround as a franchise, it is harder because they've been bad for so long, but so were the Cardinals. I mean, and, and then with, with that, you know, when Phillip Rivers, uh, you know, left the Chargers, and we'll talk about Herbert later. I think that you're reading too much into that and on the coaching staff and not the talent in the player. No, I I agreed with you 100% that, like, I think QB2 overall is in his range of outcomes based on all his talents and all, like, and all of that. And my biggest qualm on the coaching staff is, like, drafting a, a running back in the first round um, and, like, things along those lines. It's not necessarily his college resume, but it's – um, pretty much what I've seen so far, um, like just within the draft and with free agency. The, did the Cardinals draft Isabella over DK Metcalf or something like that? Like, 
I, hey, I don't, I, I don't I know where that, you got that I like Cliff Kingsbury because I don't. <laughs> that well, the thing is, you have Kyler at number two, and Trevor Lawrence is is in this is almost the exact same situation as what you're describing, and you're discounting Trevor Lawrence because of that. Because I don't see Trevor Lawrence getting 800 rushing yards like at all in his career once ever. And I, I think in fantasy that matters more than like. Uh, but uh, I have Dak be, probably. Mahomes, Mahomes won't have 800 rushing yards, in passing attempts and yardage, and I don't have him above Kyler because rushing matters more. Yeah. I, okay. Okay. I, I, I can buy so, into that. Like Lawrence can break all the passing records he wants, but if he's not going to have that rushing potential of a Lamar Jackson, like, and, but I still see your rationale for having him at two. Like I don't hate on that at all because the same reason we have Mahomes at one, like Lawrence is going to be a franchise quarterback in the NFL for the next 20 years. And like, he's like, if he's top five at the position, like who are we to argue that he's that good in dynasty when he's going to be that valuable for that long? I just like the upside of running quarterbacks. Let's transition. Uh, and I, I want to see Lawrence do it. That's all. Let, let's transition then to um, our, our, our projections or predictions for QB three in these 2022 ADP rankings. So now I keep saying rankings, but they're, but they're ADP projections, right? Not our rankings. So, well, you've got Lamar uh, Jackson there. We already talked about him. Um, Jake, speaking of running quarterbacks, you got Trey Lance, the 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 rookie, uh, at number three in 2022. So let let's let's talk about it. So you, so you obviously th- this if you look at your crystal ball. So let me ask you this, and you could talk about Trey Lance. When do you see him starting for the 49ers? Do you think he's going to be the week one starter? Do you think he takes over week four or five? What do, what do, what do you think he when do you think he gets to take off and we get to see him play in the NFL? Um. I don't think it matters for him to fin like for him to be ranked this highly come next season. Like, I don't think there is a world where Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback in 2022 or headed into the off season. Like there's no chance that the 49ers don't spend their entire off season building their offense toward um, around Trey Lance. You know what I mean? Um, I absolutely could see him starting week one. Um, he already sat a year in college. Um, he's showing in camp that he is like as good as advertised. Um, I think the players are seeing that. And I think it's going to be hard to convince the players that like the less talented guy should be the one starting. Um, I think the coaching staff probably sees, I think if they see Trey Lance, if all else is equal, they're going to start Trey Lance because he has more intangibles. He has the rushing upside. He unlocks the offense in a way that Kyle Shanahan has looked for for years. Like there is, there's press conferences about him in awe of Josh Allen's skill set, And now he has that, like now he has that in Trey Lance. And I don't think he is going to um, sit on, like sit that skill, like sit that guy on the bench for an additional year after he just sat. Um, Trey Lance throws the ball deeper. He's far more aggressive. He will like attack the ball on the outside of the field where Jimmy Garoppolo just like, he doesn't have that in him. Um, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with like Jimmy Garoppolo as a QB. Um, I think you could win with Jimmy Garoppolo as a QB. Like you saw him go to the Super Bowl recently. Um, but when you have Trey Lance on the roster, like you're not going to be able to convince your team that you're making the best decision for them and for like their careers. If you're like, they, you're not going to be able to fool them. That's all. That's my, um, that's my thought process. So and I just think he's so good um, rushing and passing and the ceiling is so high that 
man, like I'm, uh, I'm ready for Trey Lance is all. Yeah, I, I think there is a lot of Trey Lance hype, especially the reports. Like everyone, we, Will and I were in a startup draft last night and uh, someone that lives in the Bay Area in the league was talking about how that's all they're talking about in the Bay Area about, you know, Trey Lance. So there's definitely excitement and it'll be interesting to see. I, th- I think he definitely gets an opportunity this year, whether it's that they name him a starter week one or if Jimmy G does play and start, He's got to win to keep the job, number one. And he has to stay healthy. And he may win some games, but he has had issues staying healthy. So I definitely think Trey Lance gets some play. And I think, um, you know, he's number eight for me. Will, he's number 12 for you. Um, and he, um, you know, comes into this as the number 10 uh, QB in Dynasty already. So there's no there's no denying that Trey Lance has, has, has tremendous potential um, it, it'll be interesting to see if that translates to the field, but I, but I think no matter what his value is somewhat insulated because if he'll play and even if his numbers are bad, he'll show flashes and get people excited. So I definitely don't see him, him slipping out of the top 12 and, and we don't have him projected that way at all. Um, it'll be interesting to see how I can rise though. Um, so I, I think, I think it's a little bold to put him at number three only. I mean, it certainly could, this certainly could be the reality. Um, but only because there's so many good quarterbacks, you know, that are, that are more established, you'd have to jump, but it's definitely, definitely within the range of outcomes for sure. Um, well, what, so you got Lance at number 12, uh, you, you probably considered ranking him higher, right? At some point. Uh, yeah. Uh, so one, like the, you, you gotta see it before you believe it. Um, mm-hmm. one, I think that having Trey Lance above Trevor Lawrence is it's, 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 it's borderline crazy uh, in, in my, in my head, you, you one Trevor Lawrence with how they're blowing out people are in college. Didn't have to rush the same way Trey Lance did in college against lesser competition all the time. Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing in fourth quarters, wasn't playing then in third quarters, things like that. And, you know, Saxon counted against rushing yards the he missing the year last year and coming this, this season, if he's not the starter, I agree that he has this like athletic upside, but I don't think that he's going to produce in that offense the same way. They're gonna they might score, you know, 30 extra rushing touchdowns or something like that. I know that obviously exaggeration, but I I, I just don't see how you could possibly uh take like uh, not, not not possibly in my mind, uh Trey like taking Trey Lance or predicting that Trey Lance would be drafted over Trevor Lawrence going into the next season is I, I I don't get it. I don't get you guys how you guys are even I know we're only doing the top 12, but so low on Trevor Lawrence of what he can do in comparison to these guys, you know, you want to see it before you believe it. Well, let's see Trey Lance come into the NFL and do what he did against division one, double a defenses uh, in college. So I I've had Trey Lance at 12 because to me, it's more of a projection at best. He's going to come on a little bit later in the season and he's going to be managed. Kyle Shannon's offense isn't an easy playbook to pick up and understand and learn. You saw it in countless times as his time when he was an offensive coordinator. That does take a little while. So Trey Lance isn't Robert Griffin the third as a rusher, uh, and so yeah, I guess that's where I'm, I'm just going to end up lower because I think his rookie season is going to be disappointing when it comes to fantasy points moving into next year. It's it's a yeah. weird argument to say that uh, like it's projection for Lance, and then you also have Lawrence at number two. Um, I understand different levels of competition, but you have Lawrence going from one of the best programs in college football to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who is arguably like 30, the 32nd franchise in NFL. 
Uh, and then the San Francisco 49ers are probably one of the best franchises. Like Trey Lance has a legitimate chance to win the Super Bowl this year. We, we, we talked about earlier how players win games, not coaches. And, yeah, when, and you have, think, when you have the best quarterback prospect coming into the league who has athletic mobility as well, like he's not Peyton Manning, but he has darn near the same. Like he has a stronger arm than Peyton Manning and can read the field and makes decisions maybe equally as well, reads the defense well. Uh, I'd see him as a much better pro prospect. And to me, it's not close. I'm not talking coaching staff. I'm talking like organizationally, right? Like Trey Lance from the moment he steps on the field, like that team is going to have a winning record where Trevor Lawrence is not like if, if Trey Lance is winning games in the playoffs, that's going to, that's what's going to be on fantasy gamers minds come in the off season. Like if, if that team's battling for a Super Bowl, Trevor Lawrence, when he finished two and four or three and 14, isn't going to like, and it's more, it's going to be more of a projection for Lawrence boosting next year type of thing where Trevor Trevor Lawrence is, I mean, Trey Lance is already going to be, people have already seen him like in that kind of, in that way. Herbert didn't have a winning record last year. Uh, Kyler Murray didn't have a winning record in his rookie season. I think that that winning, like that winning right. That's kind of, I don't know if I believe in that crotch. I, I, and I, but well, you said something that I want to, I want to point out. You talked, you said pro prospect, better quarterback. Yeah. I don't. I think that Trevor Lawrence probably will be a better NFL quarterback overall. But we're we play fantasy, and and I think when it comes to fantasy statistics, I think that people are going to see, even if it's just a small sample size, that Trey Lance has the ability to put up these you know Konami code ridiculous numbers. And I, I think Trevor Lawrence will be good. I think he'll be good for fantasy. But I, I do think that you know the, the we're going to see enough this year from Lance. At least that's what I think Jake is saying. It's kind of what I'm thinking that that he is going to like, he's going to get people excited and, and maybe Trevor Lawrence won't get people as excited. Um, and, and, and like, I, and the other thing about your rankings, that like, it, it's fine. If you don't, if, if, if you have problems with Lance and number three, I, I, I get it. Um, but you have Trey Lance going down in value. I just, I, I think the only way that could happen is if he gets injured or he just is just like God awful. I just don't see him going down in ADP, even a couple spots. If anything, he'll stay the same or go up. I, I could be wrong. We'll find out. Yeah, and, and I right. could agree with that as I went through this. But I think we're going to get. If we we'll talk about it later. But they're just uh, there's there's the thing is if is the QB uh, pool broadens and how you rank your top twelve. That's that's how we ended up there. It's just I see Lance potentially struggling to adapt to the NFL compared to the other rookies. And it's po- I mean, it's possible to be interesting to see because he has not played this, the, the, like he's making a big jump, you know, and he, and he essentially didn't play last year either. So it'll, it'll be really inter- interesting to see how he translates. Um, it's going to be fascinating, honestly. So he's going to be a fun guy to watch one or the other. Let's uh, my number three, which I don't think we have to spend a lot of time on him, but we can. And I, and clearly, well, I, I, my number three is Dak Prescott. Um, he's number six right now. Um, I guess I have him at three because I, I'm not as worried about the shoulder injury. You got the big contract. I, 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 I guess there are, are some concerns about, you know, that Dallas Cowboys organization, but I, I think he has a weapons to, to put up huge numbers. And, um, you know, it, I don't know if I do these rankings over, maybe I put, I don't know, maybe I should, should have put Kyler ahead of Dak, but, but I, I, I firmly see Dak in the top five um, next year, but, you know, Jake, you've got him at five. Will, you've got him at 10. Um, so, so maybe you guys don't see him quite the same, same way as I do. 
So what are your, what are your thoughts on Dak? Are you guys worried about the shoulder injury? You think maybe he'll have a down year? If he could, I mean, obviously if he's injured, he's got a bad shoulder. That's not good. I'm sure uh, everyone has heard these stats before, but four games he played before his injury, not including the game he got injured. Um, Dak Prescott was averaging 422.5 yards per game. Um, the previous record in the NFL is, t- is shared with Peyton Manning and Drew Brees at 342. So that's like an 80-yard difference per game to the, like the NFL record. Obviously, it's a four-game sample size, so not very huge. But like what he was doing on that pace is uh, ridiculous. Like to extrapolate it out in the 16-game pace, Manning's single-season record was 5,477 yards, and Dak's pace was almost 6,000 yards, 5,939. And that's a 16-game season. We're headed into a 17-game season. Um, I think it's doable that that pace, like something close to that pace, that we see something close to that pace because how Dallas runs their offense. They finished number two last year in plays per game. And I think they're trying, they're going to put the ball in Dak's hands to win as much as possible. Um, they have an improved defense too. So I think they're going to win more. I think they're good. I think Dak's in a, like a prime spot to be one of the best like dynasty assets there is. Well, you, you have anything you want, any negative uh, marks against Dak? I mean, or is it, is he number two? 10 only because they're just so many quarterbacks you like. I mean, it's well, so the, the thing about Dak is uh, he's kind of setting up for, I think based on expectations and delivery, I just think there's going to be more quarterbacks that flash uh, better stats and better upside than what Dak can do. I really struggled between Dak and Russell Wilson. And I think if Russell Wilson, this is what I'm projecting is Russell Wilson has another really safe year and it's a really, you know, great fantasy point, uh, you know, overall year and statistic year that he just feels like the most comfortable choice at that point. This might be the, the point of dif- differentiation, what uh, drafters are doing next season. So yeah, Dak last year, the way he started was, it was absolutely insane. And I was loving every minute of it. And I love what the, the Dallas offense has done. I, I think this, the stuff that's propping up in this off season, I think it's, it's actually a little bit scary. I mean, the, the Cowboys reaching out to the Rangers asking how they deal with pitchers with arm soreness you know, what does that actually mean? You know, what's going on? And uh, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's a projection, but basically saying that I think Dak's going to have a, a good year, but not a great year. So he won't, I don't want to put him up that high and want to project him for next year's ADP because he'll still be a top, you know, 12 quarterback, but he just won't be in that, that top five, you know, top tier ish. So moving to, to number four ADP, uh, Will, you know, I have Kyler Murray there. Um, and Jake, um, you have Justin Herbert at number four. Will and I have him at number six. So I think we're all pretty much, you know, ballpark right now. He's the number five QB, but guys, are we falling into a trap here with Justin Herbert? Because, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but he had a great, what, what, I'm worried about the sophomore slump a little bit with Justin Herbert. So are we falling into a trap? Do we have him ranked too high? Cause there's a lot of other really good quarterbacks. We can rank ahead of them but um, we've got him at four, six, and six. What do you guys think? He's a guy that's fluctuated up and down my rankings a lot this offseason, um, mainly because I've had those similar thoughts. Like, I kind of would like to see it more than for more than one season. But the more I think about it, it's like, how much do I really need to see here? Um, when The second he started playing, he is the number four in pass attempts as a rookie. So clearly the Chargers trust him. Um, he, number one plays per game. So 
um, they're going to, they're going to, the ball is going to be in his, his hands to score fantasy points for you. Um, you have Keenan Allen, who is elite. They are acquiring pass catchers in Josh Palmer. Um, I, and I just really think that his throwing ability is like similar territory to like a Patrick Mahomes. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying not to repeat myself other than I think he's this like uber talented. And I think like, I think he, his, how good his season was made guys like Tua and other guys look bad where they actually had a decent year for a rookie quarterback, but Herbert was just like exceptionally good where it's, I don't think people are putting it into context enough. Yeah, the, the poise that he demonstrated his rookie season was was pretty incredible. Uh, just just seemed like uh, from yeah. day one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Will, your thoughts on on Justin Herbert? Um, anything you want to add? No, I took a big risk here in putting him at six. Uh, the, <laughs> so the, I, I think I was just hedging my bets because so, I don't like looking at the the idea that his ADP goes down, but it's like I don't know. So, anyway, sorry. I, I I guess like I, I do want to see how the play calling changes from year to year and what they're going to do. I also think that the Chargers um, they might be a better team overall, and he might not put up the same exact stats as he would have did last year. Again, the NFL has a year of film on him now, which we've seen affects rookie quarterbacks quite a bit. But the Chargers, they added, you know, the all-pro center from Green Bay. They've done a lot of the right things that I really want to believe – that I, I guess I really do believe in Herbert. That's why he's six here. He just – I don't think he's ever going to have – he just doesn't have the the same kind of uh, either elite potential in my eyes of like, like Trevor Lawrence or the rushing upside of the guys that have had kind of around him. But I kind of sandwiched him in here between a couple other people where I – Lord, uh, Herbert and this this whole ranking process, he scares me the most uh, going into next year because I feel he had a lot of holes in his game coming into the NFL, and it seemed like he fixed those and he produced a lot of great daily fantasy assets too, and has been just just amazingly fun to watch. But he, uh, yeah, he, he just he just scares me a little bit, and so this is where I set this for ADP for next year because it doesn't scare me that much. Yeah, I think my big concern. Go ahead, Jake. Sorry. Go ahead. I just want to add one final point to Herbert before we transition. Yeah. um, No, I was one thing I was going to say about Herbert is, you know, my biggest concerns with him coming into the NFL was that, like, maybe like mentally, you know, like I remember, I remember like something about him not not him being a head case, but maybe another like winning mentality. Uh, Maybe it was too laid back. It wasn't his ability. It was just kind of like his mind. And since he jumped that hurdle his rookie year. I don't, I, I mean, I, th- I think he's super talented. I, 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 you know, I don't know what he doesn't do, you know, in terms of what, what you want a quarterback to do. So, so that, that was the, the mental thing was the biggest thing, but, but let's see if he can do it a second year in a row that for me, it's just, he, we saw it from one year and that makes me nervous. I, I, I just think about Baker Mayfield and how we got so excited about him and with all these other great options here, I just don't want to get too excited, but anyway, Jake, what's your final, final thought on, on Justin Herbert? Um, so this is like a non-serious point, but just kind of reading some tea leaves that I see on Twitter um, occasionally. Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams seem to be best friends. And I think like my prediction for next year, like my Carolina Reefer hot take, is Devontae, Devontae Adams is an LA Charger next season. Wow, that would be that would be great. 
that would be fun for 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 fantasy. That would be great for my Chicago Bears and Will's Minnesota Vikings to get him out of Green Bay. <laughs> it clearly um, doesn't impact my rankings, but it's just something that I've uh, kept in the back of my mind. Oh. All right. Well, with that, with that um, Carolina Reaper take, um, let's move on to. Um, so we, we so we talked. Jake, your, uh, Dak is your projected uh, quarterback five and ADP twenty twenty two. I've got. I want to talk about mine first. Josh Allen is, is my quarterback five um, in 2022 ADP. Jake, he's your number six. Will, he's your number seven. And Josh Allen is number two. So we're all just like fading Josh Allen a little bit. <laughs> um, I, I, I guess. It worked out because, last time. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I well, the reason I've got him where I do, and, and I, obviously, you know, I, I'm, I faded him the least of all of us is, is that, I, I do think that we're just like, he just had this incredible career year and I just don't think we're going to see the same, quite the same Josh Allen as we saw in, in 2021. Um, so th- that's, that's, I, I don't think he can slip too far. Cause I think he's still going to have a, a great year and be a great asset for your, your dynasty team. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, it, I just feel like he's going to regress and that's, it's just as simple as that for me that he won't put up the same numbers. He won't necessarily win you the championship um like he did for like one of my teams in a, in a one qb league of all things in uh in 2021 so yeah that's that's why i've got him at five what about you guys why do you have him slipping down your your um adp in 2022 yeah for for me it's just i have a couple quarterbacks moving above him again i think we i think we might have just seen and this is what i'm predicting with this is that we just saw josh allen's potentially best season but at least this next year won't match up to it. Um, I think I'm in lockstep with Will there. Um, like we talked about at the beginning of the show that, that you guys didn't even predict him to be a QB one, like at this time last year. Um, and I was, I was in complete agreement at that time. Um, I thought Buffalo would be looking for a new, new quarterback this off season. And I was dead wrong. Um, and I think a lot of that is obviously like the addition of Stefan Diggs was huge, but outside of Stefan Diggs, like that supporting cast is pretty abysmal in my eyes. Um, we have Cole Beasley who had like a fantastic year um, in terms of PPR. Like he's probably one of the better slot receivers in the league. Um, obviously COVID is a lot of question marks for Beasley, but, and I don't know how effective Beasley can be on a, in a long-term scale. Um, he's getting up there in age. Emmanuel Sanders, I think, could be dust right now. Very similar to a Cole Beasley. Gabriel Davis, we're talking about a day three pick. So I don't see much of a ceiling there with him. And they, the RBs suck. So if a Stefan Diggs got injured or something, or just Allen regresses a bit to what he was in his previous seasons, um, I just it, it will be hard for him to replicate what he did last year. Um, but in the same breath, he has like a huge gunslinger arm and he's able to like he's able to break the pocket similar to like a cam newton was with the like rushing touchdown upside um so fantasy you have to love him but there is more risk than people are that's currently baked into his adp right now yeah it'll it'll be interesting to see what kind of year he has and um yeah I i think we've we've uh fully explored Josh Allen and, and explain why we have him slipping down a little bit in 2022 ADP. Yeah. And uh, as, as we go through this too, I feel like I maybe should have mixed it up some more because us is like the dynasty, 
dynasty community, especially when it comes to ADP projecting forward, is a very fickle beast, and especially in the quarterback world, uh, and what we'll be doing next season. But anyway, yeah, no, it's it's fun. We we should probably share this list in the show sheet or maybe when we go through these all the series we can put this in because we've got the adp from previous years and when you go from year to year to year you're right will there's some dramatic changes it seems each year um and speaking of a guy that um well you're number five quarterback um that's a, a dramatic change but this one i think is more easily explained it's deshaun watson he finally makes an appearance on, on the list so you've got him back at number five uh projecting in in 2022 i don't know how much i don't know if we really even need to talk a lot about deshaun watson because it's just a matter of i think you know does does he get clear to these criminal charges does he move on from the texans does he you know what's his landing spot like i think i think any any landing spot for sean watson honestly is gonna be fine you know i'm not too worried about a sporting cast because he's so good but um care to elaborate on your number five qb in 2022 adp deshaun watson will yeah, so I, I'm just kind of projecting that Watson has a suspension this year, however many games it is, uh, and whatever they're doing. And even if he misses the year for the Texans, uh, whatever spot he lands at next is better than the freaking Texans. And we will bake like that'll be baked into his his ADP going into next season. Uh, Watson has proven that he can overcome the deficiencies of a terrible general management and coaching staff. And so if he, I mean, yeah, he, there's just, there's, there's quite a few places he could land where we're going to be very excited. Yeah. I've got him at number seven. Um, Jake, you've got him at 10. You want to, you want to add anything about Sean Watson, Jake, or should we move on? Um, It's just a risk versus like upside. I think everyone can, everyone's well aware of the risk that Watson has Um, plenty of criminal cases. Like there's always, there's probably a slim chance still that he doesn't play like again in the NFL, which might be far fetched at this point, considering he, considering he's practicing. But like, just the sheer number of criminal cases and um, like just the seriousness of what we're dealing with is nothing to take lightly. And when we're talking dynasty, it's like we don't want to pay a QB five price right now for Deshaun Watson in my mind, anyways. Just given um, the risk there, but but we're talking next year, and if he like if that's in the past, absolutely he's probably a QB five next year. If that's all behind him, yeah, um, it, it, exactly. If if you're acquiring him or you're taking him in a startup, you're you're definitely looking at next year and, and hoping it doesn't blow up in your face. Like in this startup that Will and I were in last night, I took him at the very it's super flex. I took him at the the um the, with the three twelve. So um, and I think he was like the twelfth QB off the board because I or thirteenth even. Yeah, because his, obviously he's he's risky. There's no doubt about it. He could certainly climb higher on this list, but um, let's and, see if he can get through his legal problems, yeah, right? Yeah, but this isn't this isn't a morality pick because if no. Desha- if Deshaun Watson is guilty of what he did, just just get him out of here. Never want right. to see him again. Uh, but the way the, the NFL is a fickle beast, there's a lot of money in the NFL, and they yeah. are a very corrupt organization as a whole. So I could again see the suspension, and then if he's back in the NFL. Uh, you've seen this time and time again when it comes to fantasy, we will forget about how, you know, this and it'll go by the wayside. So that's why I put him there and it is a big projection and it would, it, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of barf in the back of your throat as you're putting that one in there. But uh, yeah, I just hope, I mean, I don't know. It, I hope, I hope that none of that stuff happened, but it's really hard to believe that at, at best 
uh, he's kind of a scumbag. <laughs> yeah, de- de- definitely, definitely um, a scumbag. I'm afraid. All right. Well, let's get, let's get on to a, a more um, a fun quarterback to talk about. As far as I'm concerned, a guy that seems like he's a great guy and he plays for my Chicago bears. And that is Justin Fields. So we, we go, jump down. We've, we've named one through seven. We jumped down to number eight and well, you got fields at number eight. Uh, Jake and I have him at number nine. So we're pretty much in the same zone here. Let's talk about Justin Fields. And I, and I, I think that, I mean, it's obvious why he's on the list. It's, I mean, he's already a top 12, um, you know, in ADP right now because Justin Fields can do everything. He was successful in college and, you know, he, I, I think he's going to be really successful in the NFL. The reports at a bears camp say he's just, you know, they're just super impressed with them. I, I don't know that, like, I think he's a, he's a good decision maker. Uh, obviously he's got a little bit of economic code in him. So he's not a run first QB, but he has that talent. So I'm I'm super excited about Justin Fields. Obviously, I'm you know I have a big bias here as a Bears fan, but um, he, you know is, is he a guy Will that could you know you you've got Lawrence really high on your list. Um, Jake's got Trey Lance really high on his list, but could could Justin Fields sneak into the top five ADP? Do you see a world where that could happen? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if if the if everything coalesces in Chicago. And Justin Fields, I think, I mean, sooner rather than later will be the starter for that team. He is a prolific passer and rusher. And I think, again, you see with these uh, big-time college quarterbacks, they don't put up the same kind of rushing stats. And uh, just as a quick comparison against, like, Trey Lance, is because they don't don't have to. Uh, They don't need to. You know, they are being coached coached and taught away. And, again, uh, to make the better decision and just score a, a ton of a ton of points in college, and Justin Fields was neck and neck with Trevor Lawrence as a prospect coming out. I don't think anything in Justin Fields' college career, besides like a couple bad games, uh, has shown that he isn't ready for the NFL. And I think I think Fields has a, a really great chance to be special. I almost wanted to rate him higher, but that list above him is a. Uh, and even below him, it's just it's, it's a tough nut to crack. But his uh his his rushing upside paired with how great of a passer he is, I think this is a fair place to put him for projected ADP for next year. Yeah, Jake, I love Justin Fields. Um, I love the fact that he went to your Chicago Bears. Um, just like for you as a fan, um, I would have loved him as a Steeler, or I would have loved him for Will as a Viking. But um, oh, I think. Yeah. It's- uh, I think he does start sooner than later because I think Nagy is one of those coaches that is fighting for his job. Um, we talked about it on the Patreon show, and I think that would be absolutely like the stupidest decision you could make would be starting Andy Dalton when you're coaching for your life. Um, so even if he does, I don't see it lasting too long simply because I think Fields is the better talent. And similar to my Trey Lance arguments, you're not going to fool the players. Um, talking about his 2022 dynasty value um i do think alan robin robinson will have some impact on that i don't know if alan robinson will be so in love with playing with justin fields finally having a good quarterback he wants to stay or maybe he's so stick sick of chicago and the bears franchise that he wants out regardless and honestly if i think if he wants out that will have an impact on justin fields because they don't have a first round pick um and outside of robinson they have darnell mooney who's a fifth round pick i I see a lot of potential in Booney 
um, considering he's a fifth round pick, usually I write, um, write them all off completely. Um, but I do think that Mooney could be one of those late round steals. Um, regardless, Fields is just uber talented. Like that ceiling is um, off the charts. It's just a matter to me how fast he can reach his ceiling. Um, but I think it's just a matter of time, really. Um, I think he is a Kyler Murray level prospect. And I think it, he probably got screwed by like the draft class he's in. Um, there's no chance that he is the QB four anyways, in this like draft class, in my mind, um, maybe Zach Wilson ends up like earning his draft spot. Maybe he's like that good of a thrower, but I just think fields leadership his running ability his like his ability as a thrower. Like Will said, he was like, he was back and forth with Trevor Lawrence for almost his entire college career. Right. So I think it was pretty asinine that he fell as long as he, as far as he did. So I think he's going to make uh, prove the NFL wrong, make teams regret passing on him. Yeah. It's, it's crazy that some of the teams that passed on Justin Fields and, and, and we've talked about that before. And, and I, I think you're right. You're, you're definitely going to see him sooner rather than later because Andy Dalton, I think he will start the year, but he's going to have to win because it's going to, he's going to have a very short leash, so to speak, because you know, the fans are going to go crazy here if, if they don't see fields on the, on the field. Um, and the bears start with, the, they play the Rams first game prime time. I don't think the bears are going to win that one. So then they, they, I think they host, um, and I think that's in Los Angeles. Then they host Cincinnati. And if the bears are, if they don't lose, they don't beat Cincinnati, they go own two. Uh, then they go to go play Cleveland. I mean, it's a, you know, the bears start own two, own three, you know, you, you might see fields as soon as, um, you know, week four against the lions. Right. So, Oh, it's probably week two when Aaron, Aaron Donald just lays on top of Andy Dalton and says, Hey, Andy, <laughs> this is a favor to you. Pretend like you're hurt. The, the, the bears have some back at you. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you're optimistic about the bears offensive line, um, uh, Tevin Jenkins is, has this mysterious injury. He's not, he's not practicing right now. I mean, I mean, like, they barely have like, I think half their offensive linemen are not, not playing. And some of those injuries I think are just, you know, they're just resting the guys, but so the bears offensive line, which was not great last year could be real bad to start the year. So you, you make that joke. Will Greenwood, but you, you might be right. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit worried whoever the starter is that week because they're not got a lot of time to throw the ball. So second, <laughs> second, second half week one, Justin Fields is on, is out there on the field uh, because Andy Dalton clearly can't escape the pass rush. Honestly, like mess. someone's going to win the Millie Maker with Justin Fields in their lineup. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah, yeah, see yeah. It. Well, it's yeah. Well, it's a primetime game, so um, you have him as your captain in that 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 night. Um, okay, go. let's let's uh, let's go to um, yeah. We only have a couple more QBs on our list, and, and maybe we'll just talk about them. So you know what what's left. Um, uh, well, we, we'll take them. We'll take them one by one. So we just have to be nine. Uh, Jake, you and I had Phil, we talked about that. Well, you've got Russell Wilson at nine. Jake and I have him at 12. Right now he's QB eight. So we all see him sliding a little bit. Uh, well, I think you talked about him a little bit already. I think well, Russell Wilson is, is just, you know, he's just, a, he's solid. He's not, you know, he's, um, how old is Russell Wilson? He's, he's in his thirties now, right? I think like early thirties. So he's not, he's not super old, but he's, he's getting up there in age, but I don't think there's any reason to believe. In fact, there's, there's reason for hope for, for Russell Wilson because the reports are saying that they're going to be a little more high octane in that offense this season. We'll, we'll see. But um, what, what do you guys think about Russell Wilson? I mean, he's not even that exciting to talk about. But he's just he's just solid. I mean, I mean, at, at, yeah. In the first 
uh, like six or seven weeks of last season, he was a big time MVP candidate. It really fell off. And as a fantasy owner, it was tough because he wasn't, he wasn't winning you weeks anymore after that. But again, he hasn't finished outside of, you know, the, the, the quarterback, like top 10 in the last eight years, uh, seven, seven years. So I don't see that changing. And this is just kind of my point of inflection of saying that my prediction for next year's ADP is that he'll just be in there because of safety still in the, at number nine, uh, guessing overall, like, you, may, you know, if Dak struggles and has maybe another injury or gets something that's uh, related to how his ankle is hurt, if he gets another uh, muscle strain or something like that, that this is the safest pick outside of Mahomes and like in, in the, the top quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's, he's, I, I think I feel super safe and I, I feel like, you know, you, you, you look at him and his age while well, he's a quarterback, he's going to play for several more years than NFL. Um, so Jake, um, Russell Wilson, any, anything to add? Is he too um, old a quarterback for you to take in a startup? Would you take Russell Wilson? I would take Russell Wilson simply because of how like steady he is, like how Will mentioned. He's one of those tried and true guys. I think if you were ranking like NFL QBs, not anything fantasy related, just like NFL quarterbacks, he'd probably be top five for a lot of um, players, staff, fans. Um, but in the exact same breath, I think there's definitely some things to be concerned about. I think he's like in the like a precipice point of his career where he either is going to like succeed this year with the Seahawks. He's going to want to stick around. Like they're going to make, they're going to try to make him happy because he has clearly made his grievances known. Um, I could see if they don't make the Super Bowl, it's either going to be him or Carroll for 2022. Like who's, who's going to be out the door. And I think that's going to be a pretty easy decision for the Seahawks um, considering what Russell Wilson means to their franchise and Carroll's age, et cetera. Um, and I think that's probably a benefit to Russell Wilson. Cause I think, Carroll has been clear that he wants to run the ball. Um, and if Russell Wilson leaves Seattle, I think that's also a benefit to him because it's a point in the Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady camp where he's going to go to a place where he's going to have more impact on the franchise. He's going to be able to make more decisions. And if they're signed, like if they're trading for him, they're going to give him what he wants. And he's, they're he, he's going to be in a place where they're finally going to let Russ cook um, or he's going to stay in Seattle and, they would have let him cook or like, again, they'll be making changes to make him happy. Um, in the same breath, like Will mentioned, and I think he might've mentioned it because it came up in trade conversations for us. Um, when he was on fire last year, he was on fire. Like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I think he might've been quarterback one, like on that MVP race um, from weeks one to nine. And then, then we 10 hidden after that, uh, I'm not sure if something happened with him or what, or if they just reined him in a little bit, but from weeks 10 to 17, you have 11 points, 23, 18, 18, 27, 13, 23, 22. That's, that's an average quarterback. That's not um, elite numbers, but if he has anything like beginning of the season, he's putting up mid thirties to forties. And that's what you, that's what you hope for. So he really needs to be put in a position where he's going to be let like um, where he's going to be Mr. Unlimited. Um, and I think in 2022, that will be inevitable, um, wh whether a new team or Seattle. But I do think 2021 will, like there will be some challenges for him based on Seattle's current outlook, in my opinion. 
let's move on to that. We only have a few quarterbacks left to talk about. So at my number 10, looking into the 2022 crystal ball for ADP, I, I guess I'm the highest on Joe Burrow in terms of where I think he's going to be. I, um, I've got him in number 10. Um, you know, right now, Joe Burrow checks in at number nine. Jake, you've got him at 11. Will, you don't have him in your top 12. So let's talk about Joe, Joe Burrow. I guess we can start with the camp reports that he's not looking very good. He's coming off the injury. He's still, you know, a little out of his element. He's a little rusty. Um, and I, I think one of the hopes for Joe Burrow is just, you know, like, well, I mean, he put up good numbers when he was healthy last year because of the vol- one of the reasons because the volume of that that uh, Cincinnati offense. So, um, yeah, th- thoughts on Joe Burrow? Why why are we generally speaking we're all we're all lower than than he is right now? So why are we all lower on Joe Burrow? Just because of the you know we we have we all have several rookie QBs ahead of him. Are, are we? We're just cutting him too much. I mean, it, he once again, it's his, his sophomore year, and uh, and coming into the NFL, the, it was he's an interesting story, right? Because he was not anyone's radar. Then he had that unbelievable uh, year at LSU, leading them to the national championship. And you know, he he went to Cincinnati, and he was fantastic in a behind a really bad offensive line, and which got him hurt. And you know, now here we are. So. Let's talk about Joe Burrow because it seems like the Joes were definitely lower than consensus. I feel because we don't we don't have a Joe Burrow. None of us are really big on him, or I don't know where, where are we going with Joe Burrow, guys. Uh, interesting guy. Um, they acquired his college football number one pass catcher in Jamar Chase, who might be one of the best wide receivers to come out of college. Um, the Joe, I think the like we as a podcast love Jamar Chase. Um, and then Justin Jefferson also on the team who might be the wide receiver one in dynasty for many, who is just a, like an absolute alpha. So when you look at the amount of weapons that Burrow had on his team for his only good college year, I think it definitely. Terrence Marshall too. Yeah. Right. So I think you, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I think you definitely start to wonder um, how much was Burrow and how much was the supporting cast. And I'm not, I don't want to discredit Burrow because I, I do think he's talented. Um, and I think that the Bengals are putting him in a position where he was going to have a similar supporting cast. He has Jamar Chase, like the exact same dude. And I don't think T Higgins is too far off of Jefferson, obviously different styles, but T Higgins is also a dog. Um, and Ryan mentioned it just with his sheer volume. He's a valuable fantasy asset. Um, one thing that's a huge worry for Joe Burrow, which I think is like plainly obvious, is they kind of ignored the offensive line. They made some free agent acquisitions, but I think we would have liked to see them spend that first round pick on a Penny Sewell um, to give Joe Burrow a little bit more protection and safety back there. Um, so I think we say this injury, like his injury history coming off of um, that knee injury, and then just pretty much only having one and a half seasons of um, stellar like of visible good performance. Um, you just kind of want to see it one more time, especially with the camp reports. But I, I think it's a testament to just how good the quarterbacks are in the NFL. Like Joe Burrow is fantastic. And we're tr- like, he's not on Will's top 12. Yeah. He's, he's like right there. But I, again, if the rookies succeed this year, which when I put three rookies into my top 12 next year's rookie class, I had to, I have to slot somebody into there and where they're going to go in my projected ADP 
if we're going to go to, if I'm, you know, when we're going down this route, uh, I think Burrow's going to be good, but not great. Uh, I think that the Bengals uh, organization did him so many disservices last year. He tore up his entire knee and doesn't feel comfortable on it yet. So even if he comes back and has a strong latter half of the season, I don't think that'll compare to the rookies coming into this season and what we'll want from them in the future. Uh, because I honestly, like, I think Fields is in a better position in Chicago compared to Burrow in Cincinnati. And then we look at Lawrence and, you know, banging out that, that, that complete talent and then Lance. So I'm Yeah. I'm going to take those guys over Joe Burrow. And that's why I left him out. He would be that, you know, that like QB 13 problem, you know, basically at this point, like look, looking at who who's down the list, maybe he size like 14 or 15, but it's not like it's a bad pick or like I'm fading him really hard. I just think that there, I have a lot more concerns about Burroughs law, uh, ADP next season. So I want, I want to move out of here on purpose. Yeah. And, and let's talk about that mystery quarterback. Will, who slipped into your, you know, projections looking at ADP for 2022. I love this call by the way. So at, at QB 11, Spencer Rattler, the quarterback for the Oklahoma Sooners soon to be sec bound Oklahoma Sooners. So, um, I mean, Spencer Rattler is a guy that that can can do it all, right? Well, like, what like is it because of his um, like you want to talk about Spencer Rattler for for those listeners that aren't big into college football? Well, he was a massive prospect coming out of high school, went to Oklahoma. He is going to put up uh, just monstrous stats, I, I believe, in this college football season when we have kind of a more normal college football season, assuming everything kind of goes to plan. His rushing upside wasn't even realized last year at Oklahoma. And I'm just going to project him as the number one overall pick. Uh, I did waffle a little bit back and forth, but I wanted to put a rookie uh, right up here. And after looking at kind of kind of everything and what I've seen, I think Rattler is the right choice. And I think he's going to fit the more modern day NFL and what people want. And so I'm going to say that he's probably going to go 101 in next year's draft. And this is assuming he comes out, of course. But uh, that the 101 in next year's draft is going to be slotted right in here. It could be him or darn it, I forgot the name now, of the, the North Carolina, Sam Howell could could be up there too. Sam Howell has put up some pretty prolific college uh, seasons, both on tape and in the stat box. Yeah, I I, I think Rattler's definitely going to come out because he is going to be that, that you know, I think top five QB. If he's not number one, he's going to be up there. Unless he to- totally has a crap year or something. But I wonder, uh, I wonder how it's going to affect it with the name, image, image likeness. So if these guys are crushing money in college, ah, uh, good point. And then they see the way the NFL draft plays, like who's going to have the first draft pick or even the top three. And they're like, nah, no, no, no way. I could still make a few million dollars. We have those stupid rookie contracts in place for a quarterback that I don't really want or need. So I might stay. Yeah. The, you know, we're already seeing the ramifications of that. I, I think, I think it's, I could have his name wrong, but it's, it's um, he's going to Ohio state to play quarterback. I think it's Quinn Evers. Where he was supposed to play senior year, I think I, if memory serves, that was yeah, South Lake I High love School this. in Texas, right? So yeah, Jake, did you hear about the story about this kid? I have not. No. So he he was going into his senior year, like this five star recruit, but he decided I'm not going to play my senior year. I'm going to enroll in Ohio State early so I can start you know collecting revenue on my likeness essentially. So so he's skipping his senior year of high school to enroll at Ohio State. Isn't that crazy? I love Nick- that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, good for. I mean, I'm not crazy. I think it's a smart decision for him. But I just like it's, it, you know, it's a it's a paradigm shift for sure. 
and he seems like an absolute stud. But we'll see. We'll kind of have to see how this new era plays out. Yeah, it's going to be a massive switch. Um, I'm just saying, any, 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 any five-star prospects that want to go to Iowa, you'll make a ton of money in her name, image, image likeness, I promise. <laughs> uh, well, that's going to be the thing, right? That's going to be the new pitch. Like, here's how we're going to market you so you can make, you know, as much money as you can while you're in college. So it, it'll, it'll be... It'll be wild. We'll probably see some new college powerhouses because I'm sure the, the established programs will get up to speed fast, but there'll be some, you know, some innovative programs that will figure it out and capitalize on the, on the opportunity that they have. Um, Jake, anything on Spencer Rattler? And, and if, if not, I, I want to ask you guys that question I kind of teased earlier, a guy that we didn't name that could be a high riser that could jump into you know, the, the top five, someone could pull a Josh Allen, who would you pick beyond this, this, uh, the names we picked, but, but before we do that, any thoughts on, on Rattler or, or do you just want to give your, your dark horse pick for jumping into this? Um, I know very little on Rattler other than that's probably got to be one of the best names in football. The second he enters the NFL. Yeah. Like Rattler sure. is just so sweet. Like that's, that's awesome. Um, dark horses for a, um, a Josh Allen, like, I think the guy who I put at number three passing Josh Allen, Trey Lance, um, is, a t- is a decent comparison. I see him having Josh Allen potential, but being having Josh Allen, Allen's accuracy of 2020 in his rookie year. Um, like I just think he's going to be a better passer than Josh Allen. Um, but for someone outside of the top 12 who could easily be in there, um, I think Jalen Hurts has that potential, especially when we're talking fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, that rushing upside, if he can show that he can do it despite um, his lack of surrounding talent, um, there's no reason not to pencil him in there. Um, I think it was the Patreon show that I was talking that last year he was a top five weekly start uh, when he was starting, just based on his rushing upside um, with the start-sit tools that I typically use. Um, another guy who not really Josh Allen-like, and I don't want to steal everyone's guys, but I think Zach Wilson and Baker Mayfield have similar potential just based on um, not, they don't have the rushing upside. Um, I think Zach Wilson, obviously one Oh two pick Robert Sala. I trust him. I trust how they're building that team focusing on the O line. And I just, I love Elijah Moore and I really believe um, in him as a talent. And I think um, that chemistry starting from day one has a, I think there's a potential that Zach Wilson could be the real deal and to not uh, run on too much. I think I talk about the Browns and Baker Mayfield every single show, especially their O-line, but they have an elite defense, elite O-line. We talked about in the Patreon show that they are ranked, I think, six this year in offense on Vegas. So Vegas is on board with how good they are. I think they're the best analytically driven team in the league. Um, They got Paul DiPodesto as their CEO and president. He's literally the guy who is Jonah Hill in Moneyball. Like, I don't think it gets more analytical than that. yeah and like these are guys sitting outside of the top 12 so i'll repeat myself for like the third time like qbs are just so good like i can't wait to for football to start and just uh, sit down and watch some red zone oh i love the red zone i can't wait will you got any names you want to throw out there or a name yeah i actually think the person that can uh, on this list and kind of looking at the current adp that i think could make it an absolute meteoric rise because we're kind of we're kind of fairly valuing the rookie quarterbacks and 
baking in a lot of risks to them because of their upside. Uh, I think Carson Wentz could firmly land himself in the top 12 quarterbacks next year. I, if, if he has a, a, even just a, you know, a, a top 75% QB uh, in the league season this year, uh, Frank Reich is going to be there for a long time. Ballard's going to be there for a long time. They just resigned their contracts. And if, if he's going to be their franchise quarterback, I think that he has the best chance it, looking at looking down this list at, at, at everybody outside because I, I don't know I think he's probably better than Zach Wilson overall and he produced almost an MVP like season and so his foot seems to be healthier but if he even comes into week four and has a great last 12 or sorry 15 games of the season or terrible math uh, 13 games left, left of the season I think that he could have a, a quick rise because he's still under 30 and he also has elite production in his past. Yeah, I, I like those those names you guys threw out. I I I definitely was thinking about Carson Wentz um, and also Baker. It's based on their age, and we've we've seen flashes from the guys that they, they've they've done it. They, you know, they've been top quarterbacks for a season, so it, it's it's certainly within the range of outcomes. So another name I'm going to throw out. I'm I'm not saying I would predict this. But based on his age, if, if he had a solid year, I mean, I think in the back half of the top 12, I, I think there's a world where Tua Tungavaloa could could jump into the top 12. But he'd have to have a really good year. I'm not predicting it. I'm just saying I could, you know, if I'm looking at this list, you know, he was coming back from, from injury last year. And, um, you know, maybe he develops enough. Um, so there, there are some names. And honestly, I don't feel good about really anybody like being a high riser like Josh Allen. I, if I had a bet, I would bet against that happening. But, but you know, it, it's possible. We've, we've seen it. So, and it would be a fun story if, if one of those guys just has this elite season and, and jumps up, wouldn't it? Um, so, guys, let, let's let's go to the, move to the two-minute warning. So, any final thoughts to share on the big show before we call the night? Well, so... <laughs> Well, I could give my like super dark horse uh, just just to keep an eye on player in the NFL. Uh, so Michael Jacobson is his name, and he signed as a tight end for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, he was recruited by Iowa State as a, I believe, football player, but then Nebraska as a basketball player, went to Nebraska, then transferred back to Iowa State as a basketball player. Uh, he was on the team where they, when Iowa State won the Big 12 championship, and then he took a year off after college and went and played basketball overseas. And now recently the Seahawks just signed him uh, and he was practicing basically on the sidelines, not with the teams yet, but uh, your classic basketball player turned tight end in the NFL and on the Seahawks, which is great because they, they actually have an okay track record with basketball players transitioning on their team. Uh, it was, his last name was Fant. Uh, was it George Fant, the offensive lineman? And then they had uh, an, another tight end that didn't end up seeing with them, but at least he was a player in the NFL for a long time. So there you go. Longest, deepest stash in the NFL, uh, Michael Jacobson. I'll, I'll give you guys updates weekly on him. Hopefully it will go better than the JJ Arcega Whiteside watch. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Will. Uh, Jake, your, your final, final thought before we close the show. Um, I'll give a similar sleeper. Um, if you are a Patreon, you probably heard, you would have heard the sleepers I gave at the end of that show, and I'm not going to repeat it. 
Um, and you know what? While I'm at it, if you're not a patron, go join our Patreon. We have a group meet specifically for them. We have an extra show every week. Well, typically twice a month, but we've been doing it weekly. We've been doing it weekly pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we got my dynasty rankings up there with rookie rankings, and I believe Will's and Ryan's are eventually on the way. Coming soon, we're gonna add coming it. We're, we keep adding it content, def- so. and definitely coming soon. But th- it is a hundred percent worth it for the low price of two dollars, high price of four dollars. Um, couldn't recommend it more. Um, excellent takes and fun talk. Now, and my to come to my sleeper, my sleeper tight end, um, Tyree Jackson, tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, currently, they're tight end three. Obviously, Zach Ertz's um, career in Philadelphia has always been in question this offseason. Um, his best comparable player is Logan Thomas, who also compares to Travis Kelsey. He's had glowing camp reviews. Um, he was a, a quarterback at one point. You're looking at 6'7", 250, runs a 4'5", 9, 91st percentile speed, 94th percentile burst. Uh, he's he's an athletic freak, and camp reviews are glowing right now. So. Um, it happens so frequently where these tight end um, dart throws actually hit. Um, I think Will like made a great point with his. So I think these guys are excellent uh, players to throw at the end of your bench. Tyree um, Jackson. My my final thought here was: Is this something that I wanted to share? That that I, I think is kind of a, when I first heard this concept, I thought. Um, this is super, this is super weird, but, and I don't know how this is going to go, but I I'm kind of intrigued to see where it goes. And what I'm talking about is, is now it's been rebranded the hall of fantasy league. And they're, they're basically, it's these fantasy analysts. Uh, Chris Harris is one of them. Um, he has an LA team. I think the, uh, the football guys like Sigmund Bloom is running the uh, Texas team. And so it's, it's 10 teams and it's, it starts, I think the draft is this Sunday. So you can actually buy a stake in these teams. And then if they win you, you, you if first or second, you win so much money based on that or third place, you, you, you win your money back. So basically the idea is to try to get involvement and follow these fantasy analysts and their teams and you and you've got a stake in the team. So I'm really intrigued to see where this is going and, and how this experiment works. So I, I, I purchased a very small stake in uh, Chris Harris's LA team, and um, I'm going to follow it. I think it's going to be fun. So I just wanted to tell our listeners about that, to, to check that out if you haven't, and just kind of see where that goes, because I think it's going to be an, an interesting thing, the Hall of Fantasy League. I, if it's successful, they may grow next year, and I'm hoping if they grow that they will add – some dynasty analysts to this, not necessarily the Joes, although we'd be game, I'm sure, but you know, maybe some more high profile dynasty analysts. That would be, it'd be cool to see, you know, the Ryan McDowell's of the world in this league with these, these redraft fantasy experts and see how they could do. But um, so anyway, with that, we're going to close the show. So we're the fantasy Joes. I am at Roto librarian on Twitter, Ryan Livergood. Will is at FancyJoners for Will, Will Greenwood, and Jake Patterson is at Takes with Jake. So on behalf of Will and Jake, I am Ryan, and we are the Fantasy Joes. Speaking of fantasy degeneracy, Ryan, which is exactly what you described with that, uh, yeah. you're drafting fantasy analysts to to play fantasy? <laughs> no, no, you're, <laughs> like, dra- you're not, they're like, drafting. You're, no, doing you're, the, you're doing the... the, the um, you're like just buying a stake in their team. It's it's a weird concept, but 
I, I heard um, Chris Harris on the Harris Football Podcast talk about it. And I was like, this is weird. So I went and looked, and I'm like, oh, I can I can throw a few bucks at this team and support it. And I just I was like, I'm in, I'm intrigued because at Would first you put, I'm like, this is a like 30, idea. 30, 40 grand, 30, 40 grand for a little stake in that team, I assume. A small stake, yeah. So like first all, small, all of first small stake. Funds. Yeah, the uh, the investors are Ryan Ryan Livergood, Steve Ballmer. Uh, <laughs> My my most fantasy degenerate moment this offseason happened last night, Ryan, before our dynasty draft that we did a little bit live. I did a fantasy Premier League soccer. And uh, yeah, that's that's wild. You did it live? Yeah, with a relatively short timer, which makes it very stressful. So I think it went well, but I do need to rely that Kevin De Bruyne comes back from his ankle injury sooner rather than later. Let's figure it out. Man City is the best team in the Premier League. If anybody hasn't played against that, I mean, that's just that's just facts. I mean, I'm not a, a fan of them, but I'm hoping that it all works out. But I did draft Mason Greenwood for Manchester United because yeah. God, God bless. 